Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me as always is Mike. How you doing, Mike? We're going to start it again with here, and what people didn't get was my my response to Josh's question, because I know Josh always asks me how I'm doing, and I decided to throw a, a grenade in there and see how he reacted. And what I got was essentially silence. Because <laughs> I don't think you knew how to react. So I was torn between what I said to you, which people don't know because I've cut it out, or a joke I was going to make, but it had to do with like harming myself. And I was like, well... You know what I mean? So you neither were like, good yeah. options is what you're telling me. I don't know. I thought that one was good, but you just literally, I think you drank water and then you just didn't know what to say. You were just, you were there. You didn't know. I don't think you knew what to say. I, I said, we've been canceled now and uh, moving on. Yes, it, was, it would have definitely been uh, been up there. But I just wanted to, I, I had about a half an hour extra to think because you pushed back our recording. So as I was kind of working and thinking, I'm like, what am I going to say? I'm going to say something. I'm going to try to get a reaction out of him from the beginning. So he's not so five out of 10, but uh, it was met with utter silence because I think also, I think it was just too real too. I think the two options I had were so close to reality that you probably didn't know if I was joking. Oh no. Yeah. There was a, there was a 90% chance you were not joking. And then (laughs) we were getting into something here. (laughs) Like, like, do we have to actually talk? I don't know what to do. Yeah. I should have chosen something more outrageous. You're right. So you're not undefeated anymore. I think is where this all stems from. Uh, No, I'm not undefeated. And I lost by 0.6 points, which any fantasy person out there will admit that is the worst way to lose a game. Uh, it was not a good game for me in terms of how it finished. I thought for the fact that I played a lot of players off my bench because I had a lot of people on bye weeks and a couple still injuries that are being sorted out. I think I did better than I expected to do, mainly because Jamar Chase put the sandwich down um, and decided to go play some football. So that was nice. Um, But with that being said, yes, I'm not undefeated. I am still first in our league, though. I'm number one. I'm still first place. I've held on to first place. I have a favorable matchup this week against my father, who we all know is an absolute mess. Um, <laughs> so I'm playing him this week. Uh, the opponent who beat me is playing the person who's in second place this week. So I'm hoping maybe he's got a little bit of luck in there and I can squeeze a win out and the second place person loses and I can get a little bit of distance. That would be nice. It's still hopeful. You're three and two, so what are you now like a back to a ten out of ten because your ego's back to being inflated? Well, I did set a new league record for most points scored in a oh, week, so yeah, yeah, yeah I suppose. And I just you had hop absolutely ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous week you had. That was <laughs> I did. like that was ridiculous. Awesome. It was terrible. I couldn't believe it as I'm watching this. Your players were like you had uh, someone with. 34 points and like 28 points and like 26, but like Brees Hall did something finally for you. I don't even remember who else you like Travis Etienne, Sam Laporta doing his normal things. I, Tyree kill, I think had an okay game. I can't remember who else you played offhand. I'm just kind of off the top of my head trying to run into to who your players are, but they all had ridiculously good games. Yeah. It was the same time. 
aside from my my one of my receivers that I played in the Thursday night matchup, yeah, they all everybody was high double digits, and it was a good time for me. Ridiculous! Um, I could not believe it because in our league we have a we're I can't are we twelve we're twelve there's 12, yep. 12 teams in our league. I aside from you and the opponent who obviously beat me, if I was playing anyone else, I still scored enough points to have won that week. Like that's the other way that I judge things. I look around and I go, okay, it's not good enough to just win. How am I ranking in terms of most points scored? And I've been pretty good this year. Last year, I would squeak wins out at the beginning, and I'm like, okay, this is something I have to fix. I have to make sure I can score more points because when I play a big team. I might be in trouble. So this was one of those weeks where I lost, but the silver lining is I was still the third highest scoring team that week. So I take I take that uh, for for that win, and I'm I'm four and one, but feeling good because as I said, favorable matchup this week uh, against an absolute mess of a team who keeps changing his name. He doesn't know who he's playing. He didn't even play a defense this week. Yep, yep. I saw that coming, and I decided to remain silent. And just let things play out. That's, uh, I don't know. I don't know, Josh. That's bad form. I think if you see something like that, you you should point it out. Normally, I would. But this player has been keeping his entire lineup on his bench. We don't have to hide who the player is. This is my dad. But I've already said it. So we don't have to keep it. It's fine. So, has been keeping his entire lineup on the bench. And I said to you week one when he started doing this that eventually this was going to come to bite him. And it did. So I just let that happen to try to prove the point of why you shouldn't be doing it. But he's already he's still gone doing back it. To doing he's it. already gone back to doing it. He knows. He knows, he knows it bothers you and me and a couple other people. Like I've had multiple people. It's not just you. I've had multiple people message me about it because they're, they get anxiety. They're, they're, they, they, even though they're not playing him, they're checking. And it's like his entire team is still not filled out. And See, I, I know. Only I know. It bothers me <laughs> because I knew this was going to happen sooner than later. Yes. Yeah. And now it did, and he lost. In what <laughs> he had, he had DJ Moore with 45 points. He had a 45 point lead and still lost because of those antics. Yeah. So, and, D, and DJ Moore having a week like that happens. Once in a blue moon. I mean, I know they want him to be big there, but Chicago's offense has looked like an absolute disaster. He's the one who started to show a bit of, of, of life. Like, I think I was looking at him and maybe he's had one week under double digits. And this is obviously the best week he's had, but it's growing and they're finally starting to use him. So when you have that opportunity, you can't waste it. And uh, yeah, this my dad's team is decent, but... His antics cost him, and I hope I hope he uh, has another what he says was, well, it was a busy week. So I don't know what kind of busyness you have when you retired, but I think he plays me this week, so I'm fine. If, if he's got a player or two that's got to miss out, hey, I'm okay with it. Yeah, and I, would, I will point out to the listeners, because there was actually two people this week who started inactive people or did not have a... who, who did not have a, a valid roster, and... The one who wasn't doing these antics, I pointed out multiple times that this was happening and that he needed to make a change and I was ignored. So, Well, just for did, some context. I, I did the prop. Yes, I was trying to give engage in a trade, but at the same yes. time, yes. at the same time, I was very adamant of 
he needs yeah. to do something one way or the other. But our listeners have to know, you have a terrible reputation in our house league. Terrible yes. reputation. So you have to also understand that a lot of, of members of our league look at messages from you, roll their eyes, click the delete button, and continue on with their day. Or I, I even, imagine this I is even, all they do. I even sent him an email and explained, mm-hmm. you don't have a starting tight end. I am willing to give you one it, that we can work into this trade that I'm proposing. And then if he had said no and then gone and picked up a tight end off the waiver wire, fine. It is what it is. Whatever. But he did neither. <laughs> no, no. And now he's in last place, too. And this team, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Josh. I'm, I'm sure it's in, in your notes to, um, to to talk about this week. But he's the team that not only has Aaron Rodgers, who's obviously out for for the season, but he had Justin Jefferson, who yep. who's now on the IR. <laughs> so <Cool>. so <laughs> And who he, I was trying to get from him. That was the whole trade. Was so I was he, offering him Tyreek Hill for Justin Jefferson. So, I got stonewalled. <laughs> he loses Justin Jefferson and doesn't pick up a tight end. It was like the worst tight, possible case. <laughs> his tight end is still questionable. So his tight end was on the IR. Justin Jefferson's on the IR. Aaron Rodgers is on the IR. And honestly, my dad and I were actually laughing about this yesterday because now this is like the third player on his team. Like he doesn't have anybody. He doesn't no. have anyone who he can play because everybody is injured. <laughs> and put what whatever their personal feelings about me aside. It was a fair deal that even you confirmed was a fair deal. I and looked he, at the deal, and yes, I believe the last thing that you showed, whatever it is you showed me, whatever that was, that that I was saying would be a fair deal, yes. And if he had just accepted that and taken his feelings for me out of that, I would now have Justin Jefferson on my IR, and he would have had a starting uh, tight end, and he he possibly could have won his week. I don't know if Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill's performance would have been enough to push him over the edge because he lost by quite a bit. Um, but that was at least an extra 32 points that he would have had on yes. the week and would not be stuck with a third player on IR now. Well, that's the so. thing. Like, yeah, like even take the trade out of it for a second and just look at the, I'm sure other people were, were having these same problems like Aaron Rodgers, Justin Jefferson being on the same team. They're both down His tight end went down. Like that is really difficult to come back from. Some of these Absolutely. injuries are very difficult to come back from. So I think I think having talk and talk to this particular player, I think he's feeling like I'm done anyway. Like I don't know how I'm going to recover from this. One of the ways you can recover is to try to make deals and try to move players and try to do anything to to recover a season. But I do understand, especially with Jefferson going down, like that's the person you thought who was going to be your number one quarterback and the best wide receiver in the league, who are now essentially inactive you don't have access to them for weeks like you can't really trade justin jefferson now i know he's not gonna he's probably not going to um be out for for longer than than a couple of weeks but still it would be harder and i don't think you're going to get his max value at the moment i'm not suggesting people run around and trading just justin jefferson i think he's worth keeping but again it's just harder even now to put a team out there that you're going to feel good about you look at your roster and you're like well that's pretty depleted because you have three players on ir which is, is, is difficult. Exactly. I would have dropped that... Rogers, by the way, earlier. I don't I don't know if people are still well, out there hanging on to him, but I, I Yeah, you can drop him. him. Yeah. And all this to say is make trades logically, not emotionally. Uh, yes, coming okay, yes. 
But again, for some extra context, like you and I have talked before, I think you've dug yourself into a hole that you have yet to figure out how to dig out of. I don't know exactly have an answer for you how to dig out of it, but if you offer people consistently really bad trades, you develop a reputation that's hard to come back from. So you have, you have some work to do. You haven't done it yet, but you've got to figure out a way to win back some trust here because yes, I agree with people make logical trades. You do not make logical trades. You, you, obviously, you try to win trades. We just had this discussion off air. It makes sense you want to win a trade. But I think in your scenario, what you what I would do if I was you is I would make a trade that clearly I'm losing to to, to show people that like, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to, to make some real deals here. Because I got to tell you, if some of the trades that people have told me you've offered them are true, I, I, <laughs> I, I can kind of understand where they're coming from. I don't agree yeah. with their mentality of not trading at all, but I, I do kind of get where they're coming from where I'm like, yep, that's that's a difficult trade to even make a counter offer to because it seems like a joke. Yeah, but part of this problem is, and, and we've spoken about this multiple times, is the lack of communication. Because I don't think we, that's as big as a problem as you think. I yeah, no, because it, it is. Because if I don't have a way to contact you and say like, hey, I'm interested in... I don't know, um, CD Lamb. I I'm interested in him. Are you willing to give him up, first of all? Second of all, what do you need? Do you need a wide receiver? Do you need a running back? And then we can go from there and be like, okay, what am I willing to give up that's comparable? Okay, you need a running back, so that's what I'm going to look at. Okay, I'll give you whoever. And then they might come back and say, nope, and we're just on different parts, yeah, like, but the different pages on. for value. Wait. Wait, no, wait one no, second. No, no, no. Are, let, you let me me, are you telling me you've emailed people in this league, particularly, yes. let's say, people who are related to me, and yes. have started the email with, hey, this is a player I'm interested in. Would you be willing to give them up? Not in you've those exact that. words. I've emailed them and said, hey, I am looking to get, I, I want this player from you. Here's a list of players I'm willing to give up. Do you want any of them? And I'll offer three or four players. Or I'll say, I'm willing to give up someone from this position. Like, where are we at? And either I just don't get an answer at all, or it's, uh, I don't want to trade. Which is fine. Like, if, if you don't want to give up the player, fully understand. Everyone has their untradeables. I get that. Um, but at least, at least put that out there. And then maybe I can come back and say, okay, well, if you're not willing to give up him, maybe you're willing to give up this person. And then we can negotiate from there. Because I did that with, um, with another person in our league. We started a conversation with someone who they said was untradeable, and then we ended up making a trade for someone else. Is this where we... you got Calvin Ridley, who was supposed to go to me? No, actually. Is that, that what you're talking about? <laughs> no. This, that was two separate <laughs> trades uh, where that happened. We, we started the conversation on player A, and we ended up making a deal for player B because we were able to say right off the bat, okay, here's what I'm looking for. Here's what I'm willing to give up. And then it's just a matter of, okay, find that equal value for each player. I, I doubt you're doing what you're saying because the way you're making it, the way you're presenting it is very different than the story I've heard from people. Guess what? I've got the texts and the emails. I'll screenshot them to you. I would love to read them because I would love to see if you're, you're actually coming off the way you're making it sound because the way you're making it sound is reasonable. To me, that's how you start a trade in fantasy football is you, you see if, if somebody is interested in giving up something that you're interested in, 
you give them a list and if they say like, no, it's just not worth it. I mean, you and I have negotiated this exact way. Then, then that's, yeah. that's the end of the conversation. But I think from what I'm being told from, from at least four different sources, you offer trades that are absolutely ridiculous and they just reject it. Now, you're making it seem like there's some sort of attempt through email to reach out to negotiate before making an outlandish offer. I wonder if if you would you would consider just trying to reach out to people with email first and not make the outlandish offer to show people you're serious because you're coming off as someone who's not serious about making any deals because they're just like, well, this is not, I'm not interested in this, whatever this trade is, but you're making it sound like you're making efforts to reach out to, to individuals, which is not, uh, not a bad thing, but is definitely not what I'm being told. So for the majority of the time, I will send, if I have a way to contact them that I know is reliable, I will reach out, uh, especially the people that I can text, because I know I'll get a quick response. Um, For the people that I know, even if I reach out to them by email, I'm not going to get a response for a few days. I will send the trade offer, but then I will immediately send an email or, or within the same day, I will send an email and say, hey, I sent you an offer for this. What do you think? Or like, is there something else you would want? Um, but for the most part, I, we're, we're now at the point where either I know I'm not going to get a response at all. So I'm just sending out the trade and see if we can start pulling something together or I'm negotiating like you and I were just doing over the weekend, um, because I know you and I can have that dialogue and there's a few other players in our league that we can have that dialogue with. Um, so that's, that's kind of where we're at. The people who have basically put up the, the blockade, I just start fire, I fire the trade offers to see if I can tempt them into breaking down their walls uh, and the people who don't, then I still negotiate with them. Um, but I will, I will compile the, the receipts as the kids say for you. Um, but we have gone on an 18 minute excursion about our home league and trades. So why don't we dump into the news? Am I supposed to say something? Well, I just want to make sure you didn't have anything else you wanted to add. No, no, we're good? no, okay. no. Like you want to go into the news, go right into the news. That's fine. I, I listen, I listen, we could yes, spend the rest of the, the yeah, show talking about this. I don't agree with your, your, your approach. Like you're, you're, you're explaining exactly how you're shooting yourself in the foot is by still offering those outlandish deals, hoping someone will bite on it. And again, that is the, that is the fault of the league. The league has taught you that you can do that and get away with it because last year and the year before you did do that and you got away with it. So, so that's, the, that's on them. And that's what I've told them. If you don't want to give up Austin Eckler for, for, you know, a backup running back and someone whose name we can't even remember, then don't make that deal. And then you won't be in trouble. But by, by sending out and just rolling the dice and hoping that you get a dialogue going, I think is clearly not working for people. But again, I'd love to see these receipts. I think if communication is becoming the issue, then I think that's a completely different, potentially solvable problem. Yeah, I think that would help smooth things over and put us more on uh, equal footing. Well, and I think I think other leagues out there that I've seen, you know, there's there's WhatsApp and there's different chat functions you can add. You know, so everybody has access to to a maybe a general chat form where you can just send out like 
trade blocky things, but then you also can message people individually. Uh, maybe it's as simple as that, for example, right? I think I'm sure there are other like, and if listeners out there to get something out of this conversation for you, if you have a method that your league uses, let us know. Like, how do you handle communication? Is it email? Is it through the apps that you use? What apps are you playing? Are you messaging people through that system? How do you handle communication? It would be good to kind of know. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. Uh, cer- there are certainly alternatives there. And uh, unfortunately, the NFL app doesn't have like a built-in chat feature other than like the leak feed, which is kind of clunky to use. Yeah, it's, it's um, weird that they don't actually. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe it's not something they'll add in the next few years. Um, but let's dive into the news there now so we don't run out of time for the rest of the show. Uh, Chase Claypool was traded by the Bears to the Dolphins in exchange for a late round pick swap. And the Rams traded wide receiver Van Jefferson to the Falcons for a 2025 late round pick swap. So a couple of depth wide receiver pieces moving on uh, with the Rams. It's not really surprising with Cooper Cup coming back. Um Van Jefferson, like as soon as Cup came back, you saw he didn't really do much on the field. So that's that's not a huge surprise to me. No, I, I, like the Van Jefferson thing, that's not a surprise to me. I am um, interested to see how this dynamic works now between having Nakua and and Cooper Cup. But I, again, I think if your offense is strong enough, you can you can have those two and still have them be effective players. But for Van Jefferson, I mean, your role is you're not getting the ball <laughs> with, with the way this team is like, you're not, you're not getting an opportunity. I'm, I'm a little surprised just to talk about another big offense that, that the dolphins would even want Claypool. I feel like they have a relatively strong receiving core, even outside the two, two big names. I don't know what role Claypool is going to really play there. I don't know either. I don't, I don't know why they brought him in, but I don't know. Maybe they just an insurance option for a third piece, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Jonathan Taylor and the Colts agreed to a three-year, $42 million contract with $26.5 million in guarantees. We saw him take the field in week five. Didn't do too much, but at the same time, I think it's fair to say he's probably being eased back into it. Um, Some concerns if you're the Jonathan Taylor manager about Zach Moss's involvement, but I think that'll probably change as the season goes on. Yeah, I think so. And then we have a lot of injuries to just fire through here now, so... Bears running back Khalil Herbert expected to miss several weeks with an ankle injury. The Colts. <laughs> That's funny. Why? Because you, you were bragging. You were bragging to me not a half hour earlier that the trade you made. I told to you get he got Brees injured. Hall. Yeah, I, that was the I last thing realize, you said. Was I unfortunately I he got injured. I didn't think he was going to be out for several weeks. That oh, was wow. literally the last words out of my mouth. Were, I didn't unfortunately. listen to you. I cut out. <laughs> I I heard what I wanted to hear, and then I moved on. I <laughs> I didn't. I stopped listening to you. I have to. Sometimes I have to mute you on my phone. You're just too oh, much. You are something else. I'm uh, something else. You're something else. <laughs> you're bragging about this trade you made, about how even it was. When Brees Hall goes off and has a week, <laughs> Herbert's now hurt, and you traded one of the worst wide receivers in the league on one of the worst teams in the league. Oh, this is just ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. What a character you are. Uh-huh. Settle down. 
Colts quarterback Anthony Richardson diagnosed with a grade three AC sprain uh, has been placed on the IR and could miss more than the four weeks. Um, I'm assuming because of the IR placement, it, it's probably five weeks at most, I would imagine. But uh, not a guarantee you get him back after the four, like typical with a injured reserve placement. Dolphins running back Devon Achan has been placed on IR with a knee injury, as well as run, uh, running back for the Cardinals, James Connor on the IR with a knee injury. And finally, like we already talked about earlier, Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson has been placed on IR. And there are some rumors out there that we might not see him again this season hmm. because of how bad the Vikings often er, record is right now. If in four weeks' time they're like looking like they're not even going to be a playoff contender there. And, and Justin Jefferson never got a contract leading up to this season. There's, there is some rumors out there that he might not return. So if you are the Justin Jefferson manager, maybe just something to pay attention to and kind of keep a feel on those vibes coming out of Minnesota because you might not get him back after four weeks, but yeah, we'll see. It's going to be tough. Cause I, I would imagine they're going to lose a lot of games. Um, yes. Despite I, I would say so. What I think, like I think the Vikings are are a great fantasy team. It's just their football record is so bad that you're gonna you're gonna start seeing. I think the Vikings players start lose a little bit of of their value here because they're going to get into less and less meaningful games. You might start seeing things like this where oh, veteran player or star player they're slightly hurt. We're going to keep them out longer to make sure we don't hurt them long term because they're going to need Jefferson. Like whatever they're doing next year at the quarterback position because Cousins is done after the season, they're they're going to need Jefferson. So I, I could see them making the deal where if they lose a couple more games and they have an awful record by the time he comes back, they're going to say, yeah, we're resting you for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just something to keep in mind. I don't know that it's enough to say trade him away and see what you can get, but just just keep in mind you might not get him back after the four weeks. That is it for our news for week five. If uh, if you want more content, if you want additional start-sit options, if you want some Thursday night start-sit options, join our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash conqueredraft. You can go to conqueredraft.com. We've got a link to our Patreon on there. It also gives you access to our full Discord community. You get the priority for any fan questions that you submit. We have our wire targets, trade targets, just a lot of extra content that we can't fit into an hour of the podcast and help keep you up to date as things develop throughout the week rather than just one episode on Friday. And if you have any fan questions for us, you can submit them on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, X, and Threads. Or you can go to conqueredraft.com. We've got a podcast page there. You can fill a form out, send it off to us. We'd love to hear from you. Let's dive into our conquerors and busts from week five. At quarterback... Justin Fields with just shy of 41 fantasy points. So two weeks in a row, he's been he's been looking good. I don't he know. Woke if he's enough. He, he woke up. He woke up. up. I mean, yeah. You know, sustainability is a big question here. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yep. He woke up. Like it, it was finally a game. Now I think they play. Did they play the Vikings this week. Because if so, that could be another good game for him. I mean, the Vikings. Uh, their defense hasn't been spectacular and they've been in a lot of high school games. So it might just be high scoring for both teams if it is the Vikings, but it, it you know, is, he's yeah. 
okay, he's had two weeks in a row where he's looked much better, but against pretty weak defenses. So I, I would just argue that, yeah, okay, Minnesota's another weak defense, but what happens when they play, I don't know, Detroit again, or they haven't played them yet, but they play them twice. So they're going to play Detroit twice. Like what, what happens then? You know, what happens when they face a bit of a, a bit of a tougher defense? Um, but yeah, for, for now it's looking good and hopefully that's sustainable because that was one of the worst starts I think I've seen out of an offense in, in the NFL in a while and fields, I think bounces back a lot the past two, two weeks. Yeah. Especially one that we had such high hopes for coming into the season. Um, it, it's not really as much of a big deal if we expect a team to suck and then they suck. Right. But this well, one, there was a lot you get, of, you know, you get the Cardinals expect the team oh, yeah. to be terrible and they're great. <laughs> well, at least yeah. fantasy wise, fantasy wise, I should say, I'm, I'm, I want to clarify everything I'm saying is from a fantasy lens but they've been fantastic for fantasy points. Right, right. Um, Brock Purdy had 34.08 fantasy points in a very strong performance for him. Jared Goff at 33.44. Josh Allen at 31.76 in what was not a very impressive real football game for Josh Allen, but he got it done for fantasy. And uh, Sam Howell, 29.42 fantasy points. He, uh, well, he tried his best against the Bears, but DJ Moore just obliterated them. So, so Brock Purdy and Jared Goff have been getting absolutely no respect at all, uh, especially Brock Purdy. And Jared Goff is, is partially my fault. I make fun of him all the time. But Brock Purdy, you know, I just, all he does is win. All he does is win games. All he does is produce very strong performances pretty even like he he had a great week this week but I, you know i don't have a stats in front of me so you'll forgive me if i'm like off by a little bit but last time i looked at him it was like oh he's consistently getting 20 points frankly if you have a quarterback that can do that and brock purdy to borrow a page from josh's book you didn't pay a huge value for him he's someone that you should be playing and you should be using and he still doesn't get a lot of respect as a quarterback here and the 49ers destroyed the Dallas Cowboys, who are not an average defense. They are an above-average defense, and I thought that was going to be such a close game, and the 49ers obliterated them. Oh, yeah. It was it was not a good time for Dallas. It Great great contribution there, Josh. That's, uh, that's, no, that's, I, what, that's why, why people are listening. I, I was just trying to... Dallas Cowboys didn't play well. No, <laughs> yeah. I was... I was trying to make a connection back to week one with Dallas and uh, New York, where how like right off the bat, it just went sideways. Right. And and I think that was part of it for Dallas was like right off the bat, they were in a hole. And well, you've you've spoken at length about your feelings towards Dak Prescott. And I, I just think put in that hole and the way that you're forced to game script once you get there. Um he he just would was not able to overcome what is one of the best defenses in the league, and yeah. their offense is strong enough to go toe to toe with the other best defense in the league, which is the Cowboys, which we saw right away. Like, um, I, I think if the Cowboys had been able to do something maybe on one of those first two or three drives, then it could have been a bit more of a competitive game because they wouldn't have been forced into such a pass heavy game script, um, but. That's just how it goes. I mean, we saw the same thing just on the other 
the other side of it with with the Giants in week one, they were immediately down a lot of points and just had to pass against a strong defense. And it just doesn't work out for you, unfortunately. Yeah, like I think I think we've seen that Prescott this year, he hasn't looked great and the team has been kind of up and down. But he he especially to me is is earning that late teen early 20s quarterback ranking, which is where I think he is. I think he's a good NFL quarterback, but not an elite one. And he's, yeah, he, he can't dig them out of a hole. He hasn't been able to. It's been very, you know, it's been very tough for him to kind of uh, dig them out of those kinds of holes. I mean, I think they'll have a better game this week. Mm-hmm. I think oh, the yeah. Cowboys will bounce back a bit, but against elite talent down the stretch, you, you got to be mindful of the schedule. Mm-hmm. Who, who do they play in the playoffs? And last time I looked, I don't think it was a favorable playoff schedule for fantasy. No, fantasy. no I think they might play San Francisco again in the playoffs. I, I might be wrong about it. It was something but... like that. It was like San, San Francisco. I think they played Buffalo, Philadelphia, you know, maybe Miami, but like Miami, I know their defense isn't, isn't fantastic. Um, so that might be a bit of an easier game. But yeah, if they're playing Buffalo and the 49ers and Philadelphia, those types of games, that's going to be a lot tougher for him to pass and get them out of a hole. Uh, they, they don't play the 49ers. They play Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit. Okay. So three out of the four are three of the four strong defenses. Yeah. yeah, and so is Detroit the Super Bowl? Because if that's yeah, it again, is. Yep. yeah. So that's that's to me where Dak Prescott. It's if he's your quarterback right now, I would really be trying to look for other pieces. He, you know, Dak Prescott, I think is fine as a matchup quarterback as as your second one. But hopefully, if you have Dak, you've got another quarterback you can rely on. Yeah, yeah, hopefully you're just playing based off matchups there. But unfortunately, with, with some of these injuries, yeah, you might be in a position you're stuck with them. So if, if that's the case, yeah, maybe you can see if you can work out a deal with someone. Yeah. Uh, our busts at quarterback, we had Mac Jones with negative 1.6 points, Anthony Richardson with 4.42. Uh, obviously, he left the game early with that AC sprain. Jordan Love with 4.98 points, who did nothing in Monday Night Football. Dak Prescott, who we just spoke about, was 6.32 points. And Daniel Jones was 7.16, which I actually didn't talk, cover in the news uh, because I'm still waiting to see what the outcome of that is going to be. But he left that game with a neck injury that he compared to the last one that he had, which was a season-ending neck injury. So, Oh, I didn't think it was that severe. Well, that's what he's compared. Like The day that it happened, he compared it to feeling the same as that other one. So no, no medical doctor or anything has said, like, you did the same thing or anything like that. Mm. That's why I, I didn't really touch it in the news, because I knew we were going to talk about him here. Um, so the, the window is kind of wide open for, like, it could be anything from he misses next to no time to he misses the rest of the year. Uh, so if you are the Daniel Jones manager and you held on to him through the, the roller coaster of this season, then uh, just... Keep an eye on that, because as soon as you get any information there, if it's looking like it's going to be a long-term thing, I don't think he's worth stashing on your bench. So just try to cut bait and pick up a different option off the waiver wire. Yeah. Uh, Running back conquerors, we had Travis Etienne with 34.4 fantasy points against Buffalo. Zach Moss with 32.5 in a tough matchup against Tennessee. So that was actually pretty surprising. Uh, Brees Hall with 26.9, Devon Achan with 21 points, and unfortunately he left that game, I think, 
just at the start of the second half or not too far in the second half. So he could have had a much bigger day, uh, but he left with a knee injury. And David Montgomery had 19.9 fantasy points. Got to be tough if you're the Jameer Gibbs manager, seeing Montgomery just consistently do good. Yeah, I would have thought, especially with how they drafted him, that they would be trying to do more with Gibbs. But obviously, when Montgomery's playing this well, what do you do? I mean, there's not like... Exactly. You got to keep playing him and play him in the red zone because all he does is score touchdowns. He's unstoppable. Yeah, you, you can't take him off the field until he gets hurt, essentially, at this point. So you're kind of gambling on that with Jameer Gibbs, but essentially you got to keep him on your bench unless that happens. Some busts at running back, Miles Sanders with 1.2 points. I don't know that he's still back to 100%. I think they're still kind of limiting him, and that's why Chuba Hubbard's so heavily involved still, Mm. as well as they've been in bad game scripts because of how quickly they were behind in both of their games. Um, So he, he might be someone that you can only kind of start him in favorable matchups as well, where you know they're going to be running the ball and not looking to go to pass heavy. Uh, Dalvin Cook, 2.3 fantasy points. Obviously, with Brees Hall having the game that he did, Cook was not involved very much. Ramondre Stevenson, 2.4 fantasy points. He has had a very disappointing fantasy season considering his draft cost uh, because of how the Patriots offense has performed. Yeah, they've been awful. Yeah, and unless something changes, like I don't know that Stevenson's going to ever make it back to the value that you paid for him because they do have a, an easier schedule coming up. Like, like in terms of fantasy, Ramondre has some great matchups coming up, but the offense has to do something to let him get points. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just because it's a good matchup, if they're not able to capitalize on it, then he's still going to be getting you next to nothing, and you might have to look at benching him which you might not have a better option, unfortunately. So that's a tough spot to be in if you're the Stevenson manager. Uh, Cam Akers with 2.8 fantasy points for the Minnesota Vikings. Still hasn't really done much there. And James Cook with 3.6 fantasy points. At wide receiver, DJ Moore, like we spoke about, uh, 45 points. Just an amazing game against the Commanders. Followed up by Jamar Chase at 44.7. So he and Burrow finally got on the same page. Three touchdowns. Well, hopefully that is the norm moving forward and they're kind of back to their regular self and not just a spike week that's going to go back to next to nothing again. I know you're hoping for that. Well, it's so hard to tell with that offense. Like It's hard to tell what's going to happen with the Bengals just because they've been so bad at the beginning. Um, And it just, yeah, I, I guess the next kind of week or so, will tell what happens like how how they do in their next game and how it's kind of progresses forward but yeah was that was that just an absolute fluke or are they finally back to to the way that they're supposed to be because this is what people were expecting out of chase all year long yeah this is what you drafted him for with probably a first or second round pick was for these games and this is the first time you've seen it and we're in week five yeah. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if there were people out there who did try to trade him for someone else. Um, but yeah, hopefully that's the norm moving forward and you get your value for what you paid for him. Uh, Tyree Kill had 28.1 fantasy points, George Pickens with 23.6, and Adam Thielen with 22.2 because Adam Thielen is just living in those 
late moment touchdown drives. That's like the game is over. The Panthers aren't winning and the defense doesn't care anymore. And then Adam Thielen scores a touchdown, does well for you for fantasy. And it means nothing for NFL football. (laughs) And he, yeah, I mean, he's been such a revelation this year. (laughs) Like even, I would even, I would even argue more than someone like, I know Puka Nakua, not a lot of people have heard of him, but when you have a major injury to Cooper Cup, someone has to step up. And I, I can get on board for that, and you see that happen more often. But Thielen's career was essentially like over or on the downward spiral, and now suddenly he's a must-play every week. How can you not play this guy? <laughs> he just scores, yeah. like you just mentioned, he just scores touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you... you... Until that changes, like you got to keep playing him. Yeah, um, it, it's something like if I'm playing him, I'm not watching the game because it's super scary. Uh, but yeah, if he's on your in your lineup, you you got to be starting him. Yeah, some wide receiver busts: Devonte Smith with one point one fantasy point, Brandon Cooks at one point eight, Cortland Sutton with one point eight, Odell Beckham Jr. two point three, and Justin Jefferson at four point three due to his uh, hamstring injury. At tight end, Conquerors, George Kittle, 26.2 with his three catches for three touchdown performance. Dallas Goddard at 21.7. My boy, the number one tight end on the season, Sam Laporta with 18.2. Absolutely ridiculous. Number one. Travis Kelsey, 18.2 fantasy points. And Logan Thomas is 16.2. I am beyond happy that I have Sam Laporta in every league that I am in. I am ecstatic about that. <laughs> Sam Laporta also kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, I just thought with with the way the Lions are constructed that really their tight end wasn't going to play much value because they do have obvious like St. Brown, you know, on and off hurt, but when he's in when he's playing, they've got St. Brown, Montgomery, Gibbs, I would even argue um, their other receiver, uh, who I picked up, Reynolds, has been a bit of a favorite target for for Goff on like third down situations, and he's a bit of a veteran. And there's some they know each other back from the days and with the Rams. So I would have thought that Laporta, you know, even if he has like an okay season, wouldn't be this big of a factor. But he's just becoming one of the top tight ends in the league. Absolutely. And he looks great every single game. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Super pumped. Some busts at tight end. Dalton Kincaid with 2.9 fantasy points. Uh, he is in the concussion protocol right now, so just something yeah. to keep in mind. Uh, he might not be available for week six. Uh, Tyler Higby with three points. Hayden Hurst with 3.6. Jake Ferguson with 4.3. And Evan Engram with 4.8. Um, some down performances for Ferguson and Engram there. Yeah, I mean, Honestly. I think I think Ferguson and Ingram can bounce back a bit. I think that Absolutely. they can still be decent weapons. I'd be slightly concerned about Tyler Higby at this point. I think we've talked about him a couple weeks in a row now. Like, I would think that that's, that's something that I would be keeping my eye on, but I wouldn't be too concerned. Like, the tight, we, we know how tight ends are. What, like, yeah. Evan Ingram, one week he'll have 12 points, 13 points, one week he'll have four. That's kind of the nature of the position, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. So as long as they're consistently getting targets, they should bounce back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would be out on Higby for sure, especially with um, now the Cup's back. I just don't think there's room for him now. Yeah. 
All right, let's get into the starts and sits for week six. Quarterback start of the week for me is Matthew Stafford because he's got Cooper Cup and and Puka Nakua. I, I was going to say his name backwards there for a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nakua Puka. Um, he's got both of them, and he's taking on the Cardinals defense, which has been a great matchup for, uh, for a, any offensive piece, really. So fire up Matthew Stafford this week if you've got him. Yeah, it's good. It's going to be a good game for them. Uh, my quarterback started this week is Trevor Lawrence. He's taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I think that that's going to be finally an opportunity where this Jaguars offense can look uh, at least better than they have been. I know they played an okay game against Buffalo, but I still think Lawrence kind of stuck around this middle of the road quarterback here. I think he's got. I think he's got a game where here he's going to finally be able to to light things out because he's got a bit tougher matchup coming up in the next couple of weeks. So I would say this is your time to play him, get him out there against the Colts should be a better game uh, for the Jaguars. Yeah, I hope so. And I know you're hoping so because you have Trevor Lawrence as well. Well, I have Trevor Lawrence. And as I mentioned, the schedule only gets harder from here. They've got a couple yep. tough matchups coming up and, and it's, you know, you need to get big points out of him. But Trevor Lawrence has been essentially my my only quarterback option all year long. And it's been a big disappointment. I expected him to be one of those, you know, in the 20s to 25 quarterback and then every once in a while get a 30. He hasn't looked anywhere close to that. He's just been a pale representation of what his potential is. And the Jags offense, I don't know how many of their games you've actually watched. They haven't looked good. Like they've looked disorganized. They've looked like they're completely out of touch. It's been it's been weird. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it, it's weird because nothing really changed from last season. Well, just so Ridley. I didn't, well, just Ridley, which was an improvement. But yes, like exactly. Trevor Lawrence has almost taken a step backwards from what we saw yes. last year. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it, it has been weird. I don't know what is going on there, and, and I don't know what the what the solution would be because. It just doesn't make sense. On paper, um, this offense is excellent for both exactly, fantasy and yeah. NFL. Like it's an excellent offense on paper, but they just haven't been able to put it together. And they've just when they've won games, they've just been middle middle of the ground for fantasy. They've been okay. Yeah, nothing like shy of this week. Etienne and Ridley had good good weeks. Christian Kirk did good, um, but in terms of like lights out weeks, yeah, I think that's yeah. the first time they've had someone go over 25 points i think yeah i think that i think you're probably right atn's week last week was probably the first time a jag has done that so yeah i'm, I'm interested to see how that goes I, I know you are but uh we'll move on now to our sits of the week at quarterback uh mine is a pretty obvious one mac jones he's been benched halfway through the game in the past two weeks if he's still even on your roster which he shouldn't be don't play him get rid of him i like mac jones um okay my quarterback sits C.J. Stroud. He's enjoyed a couple really good weeks in a row for uh, the Texans, but they've got the Saints coming up this week. The Saints are a really tough defense. They're a really well-coached team. They, they can keep games pretty close. They can score with you if they need to, but I think this is going to be a really tough game uh, for Stroud, who's a young quarterback, who I think this is, especially going in, you know, I think they've got a bye week. Yes, they have a bye week after this. So yeah. going into a bye week, um, I, I know they'll probably try to lay it all out on the field. We're going to get a lot of interesting. We're going to see who CJ Stroud really is, I think, in a game like this. But I think it might be a tighter, 
close, lower scoring game where you might see him in and around that 16, 17 points that he had last week and not be able to, to go up to the 25 that he was enjoying before. So I think it's a tight week for him. So I would say sit CJ Stroud. Yep, makes sense. Saints are a very tough defense to play against this year. Uh, running back starts. Who do you got, Mike? My running back start this week is Raheem Mosert. Um, as you mentioned, uh, HN is on the IR right now. I don't know the extent of the injury, but I'm pretty sure he's out going to be out this week. Um, I don't know if he's is he on like the four game IR. I didn't read it like if it was actually a long term thing. Um, yeah, Mostert, yeah, yeah. Once you're on the IR, it's an automatic four weeks. Okay, four weeks. Okay, so I think Mostert's, it's a good matchup against Carolina. It's going to be a high-scoring game, I think, uh, for this offense. And what we've seen out of a high-power offense that does pass a lot, they still use their running game. So Mostert, he's a start for this week. All right, and I have got Alvin Kamara because he's actually looked pretty good since coming back. He's been one of the bright spots of the Saints uh, – offense with Derek Carr's shoulder situation and they're taking on the Houston Texans like we just talked about with Stroud who have one of the worst rush defenses in the league so I think this is a good spot if you have Alan Kamara to just kind of set him and forget about it because he'll he'll do good in this matchup our sits of the week uh, we both actually have Brees Hall but uh, I guess I'll just address that uh, where he had the huge week last week unfortunately he's now got one of the worst matchups possible in uh, the Philadelphia Eagles defense. Like, I I can't remember if we spoke about this on air, if it was before. Um, Defenses know that the Jets are going to try to run the ball because Zach Wilson can't throw on them. So you're going to see a lot of stacked boxes against Brees Hall. I have full confidence that that is what the Eagles are going to do. And Brees Hall is going to have a hard time getting any running room this week. So I think you can let him stay on your bench for this week and get him back out there when you have a more favorable matchup. I think that's very fair. Um, my sit this week, Travis Etienne. I know that's confusing because we were just uh, pumping his tires. He, I think, I think this is an okay matchup. It's not, I, I think that we're going to see more passing out of the Jags this week. I just think ATN's going to come down to earth. I think last week was a bit of a fluke. Maybe he's capable of doing those things more often, but I think he's going to come back down to earth and have one of those middle of the ground, maybe a little bit lower weeks. I also think when you have a big week, often you see teams make adjustments. Um, and as much as the Colts are a bit of a, I'm pretty sure they're playing the Colts. I hope they're playing the Colts because that's my whole basis is them playing the Colts. Um, the Colts, okay, they're, they're a well enough coached team this year that they can make those kinds of adjustments. And we've seen them shut down teams in the past. So I think, I think this is going to be a bit of a tougher matchup. I will tell you that this is kind of a very, very light sit for me. This is this is one of those borderline things, but I decided because of looking at other matchups that I liked. Uh, I want to had things to actually say about this one, where some of the other people I don't know why I would sit them. So it's a very light sit, but still a sit. All right, a very light sit it is. Wide receivers, my start of the week, Jordan Addison. Like we said, uh, Justin Jefferson is on the IR now for four weeks. Someone's got to step up and take it, take his role. Jordan Addison has been good uh, when he's been targeted, and especially in the end zone. So I think he should see a, an increase in targets coming his way. I think they need to do something to try to win. They're playing the Bears. From what we've seen, this should actually be a much more competitive game than we originally anticipated. 
Mm-hmm. So I think I think we will see some passing volume heading heading out from Kirk Cousins. So I think Jordan Addison will uh, will benefit from that now, and he's uh, he's good good to start this week. Maybe wide receiver two, but still top twenty four option. My start is Adam Thielen. Uh, we just talked about how he's nothing but a touchdown maker. Uh, they're going to be playing the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are going to absolutely crush them with their high-powered offense, but what are they going to do to try to stay in a game they're getting blowout? They're going to pass the ball. Um, and I think the Thielen's going to be the target that they go for. They'll get a red zone opportunity. It's going to go to him. Even if he just scores a touchdown, has a decent amount of yards, gets 20 points, there you go. He's a start. So put Adam Thielen in. My wide receiver sit for the week is Amari Cooper because we don't really know what's going on in Cleveland right now. Uh, we don't know if Deshaun Watson's going to play or not. And if Deshaun Watson's not there, they're going to run out their run, uh, backup quarterback. They don't have Nick Chubb anymore. The offense is functional with Deshaun Watson. It's a train wreck without him. So I I, I would just put him on your bench unless you know for sure that Deshaun Watson's going to be out there. Even then, I mean, they're playing the 49ers. They're going to get killed in this game. I Maybe you'll get lucky and Amari Cooper... Uh, Benefits kind of like in an Adam Thielen role, but I would say that's still only going to happen if it's Deshaun Watson out there. So I say just fire him on the bench for this week and hope for Deshaun Watson to come back later on. Yeah, I, I, that's a that's going to be a real tough game for them. I re, I really don't see them uh, having a good game. So I think that's fair. DeAndre Hopkins, that's my uh, that's my sit this week. I don't like the matchup against Baltimore. This offense hasn't been good anyway. The Titans have had flashes of being okay, but they, this offense has been a disappointment this year for fantasy. I think Hopkins, you got to leave him out if you have any better option because Baltimore, they're still a tough defense to play against, and I think this is a rough matchup for him. My tight end start of the week, Logan Thomas. He has been surprisingly very good for fantasy. He is Sam Howell's main target, especially in the red zone. They're going up against the Falcons. I think he has a chance to give you a very solid fantasy performance. He's the tight end nine on the year, and I think we're going to see more of that. I can't start Sam Laporte anymore because he's tight end one. Like I can't yeah. tell you to start him. That's just cheating at this point. So, Logan Thomas it is. Cole Komet is my start because I think Chicago will score some big points in their game. It's I think it's going to be a really high-powered offensive game against the Vikings. These defenses aren't great, so we're going to see two offenses just score points. Komet's going to be able to, to help out fields quite a bit. Uh, Cole Komet is my start for this week. All right. My tight end sit for the week is going to be Darren Waller. Like I said, we don't know what's going on with Daniel Jones. Uh, we don't know if he's going to be out for a long period of time, if he's going to be... Uh, we're assuming he's going to be out for this week. Uh, and they're playing the Bills. So not a great matchup for tight ends. Anyways, we just saw... Evan Ingram had a down week against them. And if we've got Darren Waller trying to catch passes from the backup Giants quarterback against the Bills, that's just a recipe for disaster. He's going to have a bad week. The the entire Giants offense is probably going to have a bad week, especially because we still don't even know if Saquon Barkley is going to be playing. So they're missing two out of their three main offensive pieces. Just leave your Giants on the bench. Yeah, it would be good to know if Barkley's playing. It would be great. That would be good um, for you, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to play him and have him do something. Uh, my my sit this week, uh, basically take exactly what I said for C.J. Stroud, put it in for their tight end, Dalton Schultz. There you go. <laughs> there you go. 
no need to repeat yourself. No, I mean, it's not, it's not going to be a good game for them. This is going to be really tough. Like, that's still a young team learning, and I think they're going to have a dose of reality this week. Not that they're going to be awful for the rest of the season. I've, I've really liked how Houston's played. I think they're on a better track than we thought they'd be. But, yeah, I would be, I would be concerned about this, this matchup this week. Fair enough. All right, well, that is it for our Week 6 Starts and Sits. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Take care. Stay safe.